and welcome to Where Passion Meets Truth by Shield Sisters Initiative. We are two best friends who co-founded a community for women entrepreneurs who want to live their passion and embrace their truth. I'm Raywin, a self-love coach obsessed with coffee, mustaches, and all things community. And I'm Megan, a truth-seeking super nerd with a passion for mental health, books, and mindset. Each month, we'll bring you a couple of guest interviews, goal-setting tips, and mindset-changing topics to guide you on your journey of living your passion and embracing your truth. Today, we want to welcome Erin. Erin Montgomery is the speaker, writer, and social media pro who heads up Piper Media. My daughter clearly would like to uh, introduce Erin for us. Erin's helped local businesses expand their reach and their presence online. She also works with driven online creatives, sharing her 10 years of media and public relations knowledge to grow their businesses with targeted, customized content on all platforms. Erin, we're so excited to have you here today. Thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Um, it's great to be here. So um, you mentioned the other day, or that the other day you were um, did another recording. Are you have you done a lot of podcasts, Erin? I love catching up with everyone on all their podcasts that they um, joined in on. So I always try to ask everyone. Um, actually, in the last, oh, I'm gonna say like maybe four or five weeks, I've done quite a few um, interviews for podcasts, which. Um, they've been a lot of fun. Uh, it's great to like just chat with people and it's nice conversational. I don't like how it's so, it's not as structured as like a regular interview, which is great. So I've been on a few in the last few weeks and they've been really great. Yeah, I love that podcasts tend to be more like coffee chats, but everyone else gets to jump in and kind of share the knowledge. So even though it's just the three of us chatting today, like our listeners are able to just grab what they can from us. And I think that's so important in reaching different audiences because some people, you know, they're really into reading blogs or social media, but other people, they've always got podcasts on. And that's our goal is to reach as many people as we can and share our passion, which in this case is where passion meets truth. Um, that that name just, it kind of stuck with us. It's like exactly what we try to do. So um, I guess to start us off, let's talk a little bit about what your passion is and what your truth is and how you identified it and kind of combined the two together to get where you are today. So can you start out by letting us know a little bit more about your passion? So my passion has really just been, um, you know, helping um, female entrepreneurs or really just any entrepreneur doesn't have to be female, but um, helping them realize their potential online. Because I don't think that, you know, social media is awesome, but I just don't think that people really realize what you can do um, with social media and how it can really grow your business. Um, so I think my passion is just helping them understand it and how it can be this huge, you know, um, thing for their business and it doesn't cost them, you know, tons of money to run. So it's just helping them understand. And then once I started getting into it, I just realized like, this is what I love. You know, social media is so great and I get to meet all these people and I get to help them along the way. So it's kind of like, you know, meeting all of these new friends, helping them and, I don't know, it's just kind of like, it doesn't feel like a job. It feels like, 
um, I don't know how to explain what it feels like. It just feels like, you know, all I keep doing is making new friends and building this huge community online and the social media is allowing me to do that. So it's been, uh, uh, one of the main reasons why, um, I started going to social media was I knew what the value was in it and I get to share that with people every day and I love that. That's so awesome. So did you start out in public relations and then move into social media? I actually started um, my career as a uh, fashion and beauty journalist. Um, I did that freelancing for a few years. And then from that, I started working at um, like Fashion Week. And from working at Fashion Week is where I started to gain all my PR knowledge. And then um, my career just kind of evolved from there. It was like baby steps. It wasn't something where I went to school for PR and I became a publicist right away. It was, I went to school for journalism. I became a fashion journalist. I then started working at Fashion Week and, you know, learned about PR and became, you know, a publicist. And then I, my last corporate job, I was doing um, all the social media and the public relations for a beauty brand. And then from there, I started my own business and used all the tools that I would gathered over the last, you know, eight to 10 years and turned it into something that um, I loved. So what you're saying is you went over to the dark side, right? I mean, I have a journalist degree too, so I totally know that process that you went through. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, you know, I loved my journalism um, background and going to school for it, but you know, in all honesty, being a journalist, unless you're working for like CNN or something, is not um, a super lucrative way to make money. Um, just because it's freelance, you never know, you know, where your next job is coming from. Um, there's not a lot of really full-time gigs in that. So um, I'm glad that I started there, but it has definitely helped me evolve um, and create more, um, you know, services and things I can offer to my clients. Yeah, definitely. I um, I was the same way. I, I freelance every once in a while, but as a whole, I was really always more interested in um, like social media and content creation versus being an actual journalist. Would you say though that you took um some because everyone out there who hasn't studied journalism, they don't really understand how. I guess I wouldn't say competitive, but like how often you get turned down and how often people say no to you or don't return your phone calls. Would you say that that has really helped you um, as a person and also starting your own business? Because I think a lot of us, when we start our own business, we're so terrified of not having clients, but it's really like, it isn't abnormal to have people say no. I definitely agree. Having that journalism background, I understood what it was like to hear no almost daily. Um, when you're in journalism and you're applying for writing jobs or like you're reaching out to a company to write for them, a lot of the times it's um, they take care of it in-house or they want you to do it for free um, or it's just flat out no. So I've heard it so many times over my career that now when I'm doing social media and I'm you know, trying to reach new clients and I want to work with specific brands, it gives me the drive to push a little harder 
um, to show what I can do. And to, and it also helps me understand like, okay, they said no, that doesn't mean the next person will say no. So I think having lived through it already, I don't get as bummed out as I did, you know, when I first started. Um, so that's definitely helped. Um, so now, you know, when I hear no, it just gives me that drive to try again and, you know, should prove them wrong. And, you know, maybe they say no, but the next three clients say yes. So I think having someone say no to you is kind of like a blessing because it gives you um, the drive to move forward, to keep pushing, to, you know, show them that you are capable of doing it. Yeah, I totally agree. Megan, what would you say about it? Yeah, I was just going to um, chime in on that. That so I can't remember exactly who, who told me this, but um, for every person who tells you no, it's an increased chance that the next person will say yes to what you're offering. And I felt like that was really encouraging, especially for being a, a newer business owner, because you know, even though I'm, I don't have the journalism background like what you guys had, there is still a lot of rejection and there's a lot of, oh, that's really cool what you guys are doing. I love that. Um, but it's not really for me. That's not really a service I want to purchase. So um, being able to know that, you know, our ideal clients are out there and that someone will say yes to you. It's just a matter of taking the time to find them and really reach out to them. And Erin, you had mentioned that now that you've kind of had a few of those under your belt, so to speak, you you have a better process for handling that. Um, what would you say would be your best tip or piece of advice for somebody who might be just starting out, who is kind of feeling like there's a lot of rejections coming their way and they're not really sure how to handle them, you know, emotionally or kind of get over that hump of being able to keep, you know, just keep on trucking. What would you suggest to them? And you know, when you're first starting out, when you hear those no's, it just, this feeling just washes over you. Like maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe they don't like me. It just, it gives you self doubt. And you know, in the beginning, it's very hard. And you know, I can sit here and be like, oh, well, you can overcome it, you can overcome it. But I've been there and I understand it is so hard to get over those first few no's. Um, the biggest thing I can say is when you hear the no, step back for a minute. Um, your first reaction is going to be to respond and tell them why you're so amazing and why they should hire you or why they should reconsider. But I would say step back and really evaluate what, um, what the job was, what they were asking, um, whether or not you even really wanted it. Because sometimes you're just applying or you're just um, offering services, but you don't really want it. You're just concerned about, you know, making um, your monthly budget or whatever it may be. So I would just say when you hear the no, just take a minute, step back, really understand maybe, maybe you guys didn't vibe together. Maybe, you know, they didn't understand your message. Maybe they're not your ideal client. So just take a minute, you know, and kind of understand maybe why they said no. And then reevaluate how you're putting out your message. So maybe you're targeting the wrong people. Um, you know, the other thing that always helps is, you know, just uh, for me, it's if I even now, like 10 years later, the nose, you know, don't hurt as much. They still sting a little. But um, if I get the no, I'm just like, okay, you know, they weren't my person. That is okay. I'm going to just, you know, take a minute to myself, maybe watch a TV show, and I'm going to try again later. Um, 
just don't give up. I think that's the biggest thing people need to um, remember is you can get 10 no's in a row, but then, you know, if you keep pushing and you don't give up, those next five people are going to be yes. So it's just don't take it super personally, you know, just try to take a step back, um, move away from it for a little bit and then come back to it later with a clear head. And then, you know, you'll be a, a little more um, happy about the decision because maybe it just really wasn't worth it in the end. Oh my gosh. Yes. 100%. That's like really like you hit the nail on the head with that because so many people think like you said, they're always saying, Oh, maybe I'm not right for this. Or maybe this person isn't, maybe I'm not right for this person, but that's okay for you to not be right for someone else because there's going to be someone out there who's going to reach your message and is going to connect with you in the way that you want to connect. And so I was also wondering, Erin, do you find that while working with your customers, because you do have that social media experience and emphasis, do you have any tips for our listeners on how they can get more customers or more engagement through their social media? Really like how to get that community building so that there are less no's and more connection? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing that people um, seem to forget about social media is social media is about being social. It's not all about self-promotion. So when you're running a business and you're on your social media, the biggest thing that you can do to help yourself is to be social with the other people who are on your social media. Chat with them in the comments, um, you know, tag a fellow blogger or a fellow business owner. Maybe you guys can collaborate. Um, don't be afraid of talking to people, I think that's the biggest thing. And you know, when you're sharing on your social media, people don't want to see, they don't want to land on your Facebook page and see, you know, like 15 self-promotion posts in a row because that'll turn them off. Um, they want to see a couple self-promotion and then maybe there's something about your personal life or um, maybe you shared a blog post from another blogger, something that shows them that it's not just about you, that you are you know, bringing other people into your business. So I think the biggest thing you can remember is to be social on social media. Don't just self-promote. Talk to people. Share with other people. Um, you know, guest, do guest blogging. That helps a lot. And once you build those relationships, those people will start to refer you. And that's going to bring in more clients for you. I love how you mentioned um, the importance of not being afraid to reach out to people and connect with them especially if it's somebody that you admire because I know I've talked with Raywin about this but I actually knew about Raywin before we really connected and started working together at a content marketing agency um, when I first started blogging I knew of Raywin's blog be a warrior queen and I was just completely infatuated by her and I thought she was the most amazing blogger ever and I was actually really intimidated to reach out to her and um, start engaging and interacting with her. And I really wish that I would have gotten over that sooner because we formed such an amazing friendship and that all happened just because um, we each took the time to connect with one another through the different channels in which we were, you know, that we kept being connected to each other. So that's an awesome point that you, that you brought out to not be afraid to reach out to somebody if, if you're interested in working with them. 
And what's so funny about that is that literally when I met Megan at the content marketing agency, I was like intimidated by Megan because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm starting out writing for companies instead of writing articles and blog posts. I don't know what I'm going to do. This girl knows everything. She's amazing. And she was having the same feelings for me. So I think oftentimes that's what usually ends up happening. Yeah, that's definitely true. You know, people always feel like they can't reach out because this person A is not going to respond or is going to respond with, you know, some comment telling them that they're too busy to talk to them. But 99% of the time they respond and they're willing to help you to offer, you know, a little bit of advice. Um, people who own their own businesses because, you know, we work for ourselves and it's just us and you know, I don't have anyone to talk to here with me during the day. I love talking to people online. I love sharing my past experiences or if, if I can offer anyone advice. That's awesome to me. I always tell people, even on, I'm part of like, I don't know, 10 or 15 Facebook groups. And anytime someone on there asks for social media help, I'm always like, feel free to, you know, private message me. Like I have no problem talking to you. Email me. I will respond to everybody. Um, it's just, you got, you just got to, you know, put yourself out there a little bit. Sure, not every single person will respond to you, but, you know, a lot of them will, and you'll be surprised at, you know, what kind of relationships you can build with those people. Okay, so I have a question for you, Erin. With you being a part of so many Facebook groups and, you know, really being very generous with your time and putting yourself out there for those individuals who are seeking social media assistance, how do you maintain a balance between, um, you know, someone who might start to take advantage of your time a little bit with, you know, too many direct messages, asking too many in-depth questions about what your expertise is, um, and not necessarily compensating you for your time. Um, you know, it's, it's a hard line to draw because you want to be there and you want to help these people and you want to offer advice, but at the same time, at the end of the day, you know, I have to get paid and I have to make money, you know, for my family. So it's a hard line to draw. What I typically do is depending on the person and, you know, I have a lot of people who are looking to start social media businesses who reach out for advice and, you know, that's cool. And I have, you know, sample contracts that I can share with you and like, I'm totally open to that. And, you know, if there's potential clients who reach out and they just want to talk and offer advice, I will definitely have, you know, a 15 minute to 30 minute, you know, chat with you about your social media and I can offer you advice. But then, then anything after that, I do say, oh, you know, like, it's been great chatting with you. I hope my advice help. I do offer social media coaching um, services. If you're interested, here's the link, that kind of thing. You know, I... I try to offer as much as I can without giving away too much because I don't want, you know, to give away all my secrets, but, you know, I do try to give away a little bit and then just kind of warming them up to the idea of working with a social media person and, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't and that's okay. I love that you mentioned how to transition into selling because I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. You want to do that, get social and meet other entrepreneurs. And so you do that coffee chat, but then you feel weird selling yourself. And I know that like 
This is something Megan and I really had to work on when we first started out too. Uh, Megan, she's our mindset coach and she really, really had to help me do the sales part of myself because I was like, well, I just feel weird trying to sell people what I do and knowing how much to charge. And Megan's like, no, 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 you are worth more than this. Your time is valuable and you want other people to value that time. And just having that mindset switch from like, okay, helping out for free in Facebook groups, but also knowing that what you have is so valuable is I think a very important line when you're an entrepreneur. It definitely is. And I think, you know, another way that you can offer that, you know, free advice um, without taking away from your business is to get involved with local events or um, if there's um, online retreats or events near you that you can go to and maybe you can be a speaker or you can run like a small workshop for people. Those are great ways to give away the advice kind of for free. They do pay for their tickets and all that, but giving away your advice a little and then showing people how they can work with you and how it will benefit them. You know, I've done quite a few um, speaking engagements over the last year and I always, you know, at first I was super nervous and it was really awkward, but you know, you get over that and I was able to share my story and I was offering advice and I could answer their questions. And then at the end of that, you know, I had maybe five or 10 people come up to me and say, I really want to work with you. Like, let's get in touch. And though, you know, speaking at those engagements helped me to gain new clients and showed them what I could offer them and why it was important to their business. That's amazing. I'm so happy that you were able to find that and to really get into the local aspect of it because a lot of us, yeah, we're online entrepreneurs and we think, oh, I don't really fit into the local scene. But for the most part, there's still someone who's probably in your area that needs your help and needs whatever it is that you're offering so even if what you're offering is online based I think that it's just as important for you to connect with other people on a local level as well if not just so that you can have someone nearby to talk entrepreneur stuff with when you're going crazy and you need that drink at happy hour you know I actually started my business on a local level um, all of my clients were local in the beginning. Um, they were within a 20-minute drive from my house. And I only just started, not just, but I would say maybe four months into my business, I uh, started offering my services um, to more of the online community and having clients throughout Canada and the United States and you know England. Um, but I really started as a local company, and I was determined to do local stuff mostly um, but then I saw the value in online and how much you could really change your business and how much you can learn from all of these people so I did branch out to online but I started local first and I would suggest anyone do that because it's where you're going to get your most feedback when I started local I was able to talk to these people face to face and see their reactions and when you know when their social media is doing well I was able to see how happy that made them um, or if something bad happened you know I can see what that does to their business. So I think starting local was really awesome because I got to understand it um, from their perspective and see it one-on-one, face-to-face, um, instantly when it happened. I really appreciate that you 
brought out the importance of, of working in, in a local setting because I think um, with social media being such a broad community, um, really being such a universal community, um, it's we're basically talking to everybody and unfortunately in the world of you know sales and copywriting and things like that if you're talking to everybody you're talking to nobody so for you to be able to have that experience of working with you know similar individuals and being able to chat with them face to face and talk to them about what works and what doesn't I think that's really awesome and I'm so happy that you had such a good experience and being able to work in that local setting so that once you felt prepared and ready you were able to branch out and then start working on a more global scale instead of um you know taking the whole world by storm first and maybe you know potentially getting frustrated and not really um you know knowing where to go from there So we're getting close to the end, but I wanted to make sure to ask um, just a couple more questions from you, so we might go over by a few minutes. But I was wondering how, if you could share with our audience how you went about starting locally, because I think that that's something that's also very intimidating. Like, yes, it's scary to reach out to people online, but we can reach out to them in Facebook groups now versus that going to door to door feeling, which a lot of people can't bring themselves to do either. So if you could share just one tip on how you got that, um, I guess got like your foot in the door locally, that would be awesome. Um, you know, there really is no magic secret. I honestly, when I started my business, I was terrified of the phone. I did not want to call anybody and I didn't want to talk to them on the phone and no thank you I'm not going to go see them in person like it was just really intimidating when I started out so I started um, email cold calling people essentially I would find their business online research about it um, find out who owned it what they were doing send them an awesome email using their name in it making it personal showing them what I could do for their social media, what was working for them now, maybe what was not working, and how we could work together moving forward. And that's really how I uh, broke into my local scene was email cold calling. Because at the beginning, I was so nervous and um, shy and when I started my own business that I just didn't want to talk to anybody on the phone. So email had saved me. I just emailed cold called people, and 8 out of 10 times, it worked. I think that feeling is all too common. So I'm so glad you shared that with us. Um, I was just, as we wrap up, wondering if you could also share with us how you found or your favorite tip for finding that genius space where passion meets your truth. And if you have any favorite resources or anything else that you'd like to share with our audience. Um, how passion meets my truth. I think, you know, the reasoning behind starting my own business was, um, the truth was, I wanted to be home. I have two small kids, so I needed to be home with them, um, but I still needed to, you know, make a good income and be able to provide and everything. So that was the reason. Um, and then I just had to figure out what I was passionate about. So when I got into social media, I realized, you know, this is what I love. This is amazing. This is awesome. Um, and this can really help me be 
at home with my kids and be more present in their lives because working corporately, I was gone 12 hours a day. So, um, you know, starting my own business, finding what I was passionate about and being able to be more present in my kids' lives has just made um, this experience so much better uh, for me. A few resources that, you know, I really looked to was honestly really just the Facebook groups. Getting involved in those Facebook groups is essential. Um, you meet so many people and you learn so much and they're always there for you and you can ask questions anytime, day or night. There's always someone there to answer. So I think that's been my biggest resource is the Facebook groups. I don't know that I would have gotten as far as I am without them. I definitely agree. Facebook groups are really integral in growing your business right now. Even though they can seem totally overwhelming, I think that as long as you keep going, you'll eventually find the group that works for you. And on that note, if you guys are looking for a tribe still, we do have our free Shield Sister Sanctuary where we do connect um, small businesses, online entrepreneurs, and we talk about more than just business in that group. We talk about taking care of yourself. We talk about your passion, your truth, and helping you on your entire journey as an entrepreneur instead of just as someone starting a business. So thank you again for joining us today, Erin, and thank you to everyone for listening. We are so happy and so excited to have you a part of our um, audience and our friends like I'm just I love I love recording our podcast episodes thank you so much for being there for us thanks so much for having me on it's been uh, super great it was great chatting with you This episode is sponsored by Embracing Your Inner Queen in Five. Embracing Your Inner Queen in Five is our self-love e-course that includes audio and video trainings focusing on the five areas of self-love. Embracing Your Inner Queen in Five heavily focuses on the need for community while on your self-love journey and comes with amazing bonuses like a 30-minute soul chat with Raywin and worksheets and more. Check it out by clicking the link in our profile.